Let us pray. Holy Spirit, you have gathered us together here today. Remind us again of your Father's love. Help us to see that we are people who are called to wait. People you have blessed. People you have made promises to. People you have gifted many things and many people to. And Lord, as we wait, may we remain focused on your second coming and not be distracted by other things, other people, other ideas in our life. May this be a priority for us. As we reflect on today's word, encourage us. Open our hearts and our minds so that we can wait well with thanks. In Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. How do you go about waiting? What's it like when you're forced to wait? Are you an impatient person? Do you get discouraged? Or perhaps you enjoy waiting. At Redeemer this morning, someone said to me, it depends what I have to wait for. Sometimes it's good to wait, sometimes it's not so good to wait. Our passage today that we're focusing on for our sermon comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 4. And in that passage, Paul makes this statement very early on. I always thank my God for you because of his grace given you in Christ Jesus. Now often, often we're happy to thank God for people because they've done something marvellous or they're fantastic people or everything's going well. But I want you to keep this in mind. Think about this. Imagine this Christmas. You get together as a family and that uncle or aunt or person of the family comes along who not everyone likes, who kind of distrust, who have a problem with because of what they've done or how they've lived their life. Would you thank God for them? Would you thank God that they've shown up or would you have preferred to pray that, dear God, I hope they don't show up, I hope they find somewhere else to go? Well, this is the actual scene that Paul is encountering with the church in Corinth. The church in Corinth is not the perfect church. It's not the church that's done everything. In fact, this week I was um, with some people and they said to, as part of some training that I was doing, if you want to know what the church is going to be like as a pastor or a church planter, read the first, read first and second Corinthians. This is what you're in for. They are a challenged community. Paul has spoken the good news. They have been blessed and gifted, and yet they have conflict and problems and dish issues and obvious sin. Right. And Paul, despite all this, says, I always thank my God for you because of his grace given you in Christ Jesus. He doesn't go, are oh, you shocking people or you're terrible people or you haven't gotten this you're not living up to God's expectations. He starts off with, I always thank my God for you because of his grace given you in Christ Jesus. As we explore this text, there's some things to keep in mind. The first thing to keep in mind, as Christians, we are meant to be waiting people. Waiting not just for Christmas. The unfortunate thing is that many Christians 
have a focus on celebrating Christmas, and we do it well. We have our Christmas carols. We have our Christmas events. We do Christmas quite well. We have the story that we keep coming back to. But if you open up the Scriptures, if you open up the New Testament, you actually see that's not where our focus is meant to be. We're not supposed to be people looking in the past. We're supposed to be people looking in the future, waiting for the future, waiting for Jesus' second coming. From Acts chapter 1, verse 10 to 11, they, and that's the disciples, were looking intently up into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go in heaven. Our gospel reading, Jesus made this promise that we heard. That gospel reading that we heard, Jesus made the promise that he's going to come back. The problem is we don't know when, we don't know exactly how. Here it says in the same way that he went up into heaven. But that's where our focus is. Imagine, Imagine if at Christmas we had more of that focus as well. We didn't just focus on what God has already done in the past but we focused on what God's going to do in the future. In fact, a good way to think about Christmas is this, that Christmas is a gift from God that's showing that I'm going to make the future possible. I've, I've come into the world as Jesus. But that's not the end of the story. You see, we are meant to be people who look forward. Look forward and be people waiting with hope. And therefore, our lives should be shaped around waiting for Jesus' second coming. Now, this is not meant to be doomsday people. You've probably heard about the doomsday Christians, and I have a theory that one of the reasons that Christianity doesn't talk a lot about the second coming is that there have been some groups of people amongst Christianity who have focused on the fire and brimstone doomsday stuff. And the secular world tends to focus on that when you talk about the last days. There's been movies made that kind of the last days, set in the last days, and it looks like Earth's going to be terrible. There's not going to be fresh water and things like that. But this is not the focus for us as Christians. For us as Christians, as we wait for Jesus' second coming, we are waiting for God to say, Hey, Jimmy, come and join me in heaven. Come and join me to a place where there's going to be no more suffering, no more pain, no more death. It's going to be full of love. And we should remember that this waiting, this waiting that we're called for to be part of, is not a passive waiting. It's not a waiting that we go, all right, I know Jesus is going to come again. I'm just going to get on with life. I'm going to make as much money as I like. I'm going to sin as much as I like. That's not the sort of waiting that God has called us to. The waiting God has called us to is to be an active waiting, one where we're constantly engaging with God, one where we're constantly helping others see that there is hope, there is a future that goes beyond this earth. But the truth is there are challenges in waiting, aren't there? There are challenges in waiting normally and there are challenges in waiting for God. And probably the first one, is that times God seems to take forever. 
I'm not sure about you, but I know that I've had prayers that I've been praying for years. And I keep praying. I haven't seen an answer. Some I've seen an answer, but they're completely different to how I wanted the answer. But they're prayers I continually pray and place before God. And it seems God takes forever. And we're going to talk about patience in a couple of weeks. But that's one of the challenges for us, isn't it? That God just is not the instant God. Doesn't just respond immediately to what we want or what we think we need. The early, early church were expecting Jesus to come back again very quickly. If you read part of the epistles. But we see that God has taken his time. Now Peter, when we talk about patience, is going to share with us from the book of Peter that there's a reason why God is takes his time. And it's all to do with salvation. The second challenge we have for us is that when we have to wait, whether it be for something else or someone else, we lose focus. We lose focus. And there are some people who are watching our services online and they're watching the whole service. There are other people who have fallen into the trap of not being patient. And they said, oh, look, I'm just flicking through. I don't like that song, so I'm going to move on to the next thing. And they actually miss part of what's been happening within the service. Likewise, when we wait in this life and we, ha- we have this challenge of waiting for God, it's easy for us to lose focus. Other things become more enticing. Or doubt creeps in. And we wonder, is this really going to happen? And when doubt creeps in, We begin to lose hope. And when we begin to lose hope, we become distracted and we look at other things to make us happy, to bring us satisfaction. And we think that life is more about something else than, than Jesus. And so it's easy for us to go, oh, I don't have to worship every week. I don't have to engage with the Bible every day. I don't have to um, do this. In fact, I haven't got time because I've got all this other stuff to do and I'm going to do that. The other challenge in waiting is it really hits home to the fact that we want to be in control and we want to know what's happening. When God forces us to wait, it really hits home that we want to be in control and know what's happening. We want to know exactly what's going to happen next. And we won't make a decision unless we do. And yet, as Christians, we're called to wait actively, but also wait in faith. My first parish at Launceston, I went there as a graduate, fairly new pastor. In a little, I was a new pastor. Um, and Launceston was one of three congregations I pastored and looked after in the northern Tasmania. And when I got there, the congregation was smallish, you know, um, it, it was praying that they would grow, but it was white Caucasians. That was the whole congregation. They had been waiting for years for God to do something, to fix up the problems, and they seemed to have more problems and blessings, and there was a whole heap of stuff they'd share and frustration. And, there was a, and, and because of that, some people left that congregation and went elsewhere because they lost patience. Others stayed around and kept praying. 
Well, God answered their prayers, but not in the way they expected. Basically, overnight, the congregation went from all-white Caucasians to 50% Liberian Africans in a way, and they brought a spirituality that was completely different. And that was a challenge for some of the people because some of the people said, oh, but that's, they're not like us. I go, yeah, they're not like us, but they're blessing us. God's answering the prayer that you've had. The problem for us is that as humans, we want to be in control of what God does and rather let than take a step of faith. We don't want to remain committed if things are not going that well. But the, the reality is, is the healthy churches are places where people are commit and remain and be part of whether things are going good or bad or not so good. So the challenges. So what do we do? Well, the issue is today, and the focus for Advent is to encourage us as to wait well. And we're going to dive into Scripture and have a look at some passages from the epistles that are part of the lectionary reading that encourage us to wait well by doing some certain things. And waiting well will help us remain focused on being people who wait for Jesus' second coming. Can I encourage you as a Christian to think about that my main focus in life should be about Jesus' second coming? Everything else, there'll be other thoughts and other things that come into place but our main focus as Christians, this really hit home a few years ago to me that I was, I was questioning what is Christianity really about? Trying to work out. And there was a lot of things that came, you know, I wrote down and journaled. But what really hit home was this, that we still only partway through the story with God. That God is continuing the story and the, the real climax, the real celebration is going to be Jesus' second coming. That's a celebration, but that's the real life that we're going to have. And so today, as we look at waiting well, there's some points that come out of the Corinthians passage that help us to wait well with things. And the first is that we wait well by focusing on what on God, what he has done, what he is doing, and what he will do. Reminder of Paul's opening lines to, to the church in Corinth. I always thank my God for you because of his grace given you in Christ Jesus. Sometimes when we're encountering people, imagine you're with Paul and you've been put a lot of energy and a lot of time with his church in Corinth and things are not going well. People are not listening to God's word. They're not showing up to worship regularly. They're going and doing their own thing. Imagine how you might react. Our human nature is about picking the problems and going, this is what's your fault, this is what's wrong. But not Paul. He, he says, don't look at the people. Look at what God's doing for those people. Focus on God and what he's doing. So if you're in a situation in the next week and you're forced to wait, think about what God's doing. For the people around you. How God has blessed them. And also remember God works in the past. And that's what Christmas for us is really about. Christmas Day is about the past. 
and he's working for us now. You know, when people give you a gift, when people serve you, when people care for you, when people pray for you or show love for you, that's God at work through his church. When people remind you of his love and grace and mercy. But most importantly, he's also working for you in the future. And the thing is, he's made promises to all of us where we will be truly blessed. So the first point in waiting well is to focus on God. Focus on what he's doing. Focus on what he's done and what he will do. The second point in waiting well is focus on the fact that God has grace for all people. God has grace for all people. I always thank my God for you because of his grace given you in Christ Jesus. I love receiving grace. I love receiving forgiveness from people. I love when people kind of go, look, I know you messed up, but I still love you and, and I wanna, I'm not going to hold it against you. I love that. And it's one of the blessings of being part of a Christian community because you get to see that more than you'll see it in other places. However, part of my problem at times is if someone does something wrong to me, I don't have grace for them. I think, oh, they've got to pay for it or they've got to learn from this or there needs to be revenge. But as we call to wait, imagine if someone's messed up and that means you've had to wait. Remember this, God has grace for them too. Not just for you, but for all people. And that's how what drove Paul to react the way he did with the church in Corinth. He wasn't focused on their sins and their problems and their issues. He was focused on God's grace. And likewise, God's not focused on your sins like when we talk about the second coming and some people are petrified at it and the pagan and the secular view is about this judgment day when they're going to get people above you know, there and God's going to go, oh, this is their view, it's not the true view. Oh, Virginia, these are all your sins going way back to when you were five. And they're petrified now. They'll be, Have I done enough to get in? That's not the biblical view of Jesus' second coming. The biblical view of Jesus' second coming is what I mentioned earlier. Jimmy, Virginia, Jesus wants you in heaven. Come, he's died on the cross for you. Your sins are forgiven. That's grace. God is focusing on grace for you. The third thing is recognise how God is enriching not just your life, but also the lives of the other people in your world. From 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 5, we heard, for in him you have been enriched in every way, with all kinds of speech and with all kinds of knowledge. Now Paul here is particular focused on a, a particular um, gifts. But people around us get enriched. And one of the things that I'd encourage you to do is not just think about how you've been enriched, but as you're thinking about other people, think about the blessings, the how they've been enriched by God, the blessings they have, and to be thankful for them. And the fourth aspect of waiting well is recognise God's faithfulness. A faithfulness that we can rely on. 
from 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 8 to 9, we hear. He will also help keep you firm to the end, so that you'll be blameless on the day of your Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful, who has called you into fellowship with his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. The problem for us at times is that we live in today. We look at what's going on and we think, ah, oh, our, our marriage might not be perfect, our life might not be perfect, our work might not be perfect, our kids may not be perfect, our other things may not be perfect. And we go, God's not faithful, he's not answering my prayers. But remember, God is still at work amongst all that mess. God has chosen to come into this world even though it was a mess. You know, think about how Jesus came into the world. He came into, and I've mentioned this once before, and I'd love to create the worship space on Christmas Eve to be like how Jesus came into the world with the smells, the noises that he had to encounter in the stable. Because Jesus, God is prepared to come amongst our mess. doesn't make it perfect for us on this earth. But he helps us and is with us through that mess, through those difficulties. He is still faithful to us and he'll be faithful in delivering his second coming and when he comes again. So what does this mean for us as we live our life and how does this affect us today in putting our faith into action? The first thing is every day keep remembering our ultimate focus in life in Jesus is Jesus' second coming. Keep remembering that as Christians... That's where we should be focusing, that God will come again to restore, to make us perfectly new, to give us a life where there'll be perfect love, perfect peace, no more suffering, no more death, no more pain. That's where our ultimate focus. Now, there are other things about being a Christian, but they flow into that. The reason Jesus gave the greatest commandment is so we would know as Christians, how to reflect God's love and grace. That it's not just about us having a relationship with God, but us having a relationship with God which leads us to having relationships with others. The second thing in putting our faith into action is as we wait, every day see the people, the things and experiences in our life as gifts from God. See everything in our life And I'm going to talk about being specific in a few moments. But see everything in our life. One um, pastor leader says to me, and he loves journaling, so he writes down, and he says every day he writes down specifically things that he notices and thanks God for them as gifts. And he said it's amazing by being specific, by doing that, he's starting to see how practical these things are for faith. The third thing is as we wait, Look at what God is doing for us and in us. It's easy to look at what other people are supposed to be doing, and that's going to happen. But amongst that thought process, think about what is God doing here? And there's some times where I've had to wait, and I've been impatient, but in reflection what I've discovered, God's been at work. He's with me. And helping me grow in that relationship with God. My wife is fantastic at reminding me when I'm in the negative, down, the dumps, to remind me that there are good things happening around that. 
God has used her to help me to see more good things than negative things. And the last thing is, as we wait, I've touched on this, is every day, thank God specifically for people, for things and experiences. And the reason why I say thank God specifically, it's very easy to go, yep, I believe God created everything, I thank God, I thank you for everything, and move on. Nothing theologically wrong with that prayer. But what that does is it doesn't take notice of the specific things that are here. Like, thank God for the water that we have. Thank God for the environment that we're around. And a number of people have said who have started to thank God specifically, have said, I started to see that God is giving me these things. And I then ask the next question is, how do I use these for the glory of God, to show God's love to people, to help people see God's love? And so I want to leave today's message with waiting well involves thanking God. So I encourage you to, as you're forced to wait at any time, but particularly during this Advent season, and one of the ways you can do it is by engaging with God's word using our um, Advent calendar that's online. If you've got the weekly update, there's an Advent calendar that's online that you can go to from the 1st of December, and that is following the Jesse Tree um, devotions. And I always used to think, why does the Jesse tree, which is devotions which are about Christmas, start with creation? Right? There's a whole reason for that. Because God is constantly in every still part of our story. But using those, there are things you can thank God for. And there's people you can thank God for. And there's opportunities. But from the church in Philippi, Paul sent the following message. Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. I don't know if you've noticed this, but Paul's thanking God as he's asking for things. Often we only want to thank people once they've given us what we wanted. But Paul's acknowledging that God's already blessed him and he's continually to show thanks. Then he goes on, and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. By waiting well, we'll have a more peaceful life amongst this messed up world. By waiting well, we'll keep focused on Jesus and the second coming and realise that what's happened in this world is nowhere near as important. So what God is doing for us. May you wait well. May you see the things to give thanks for. And may you be blessed this Advent season. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for the opportunities to wait. Sometimes we haven't liked them. Sometimes we've been frustrated by them. Sometimes we haven't used those opportunities well, but we know that you can and have used them for us to bless us. Lord, as we wait, remind us of the, the good things that are in our lives, the good aspects of peop- the many people that are part of our life, the good experiences that we are having, the good place that we're in. Loving Father, help us to be thankful, not just for them, but also for you. In Jesus Christ we pray.
Amen.